0: Getting
1: split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready.
0: For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz
2: and Mariah Pleasant.
0: Welcome to Getting Split Ready, Chicago's premier divorce podcast. The holidays are coming up. We've holidays been talking about.
2: Holiday weather is here in Chicago.
0: Holiday, no, this isn't holiday. This is like Arctic weather. This is, you know,
2: some holidays, like I like 4th
0: of July holiday. This is not the good holiday weather. But I think the holidays where family is a big part of it is, is hits. And we've been talking about, Ryan, I've been talking about doing a show about what the heck do you do after the divorce or even during the divorce with parenting. So, Great panel tonight to talk about that. We've got Cameron Goodman from the Goodman Law Firm, fantastic divorce attorney, and Colleen Honquist, certified divorce coach, founder of the Divorce Coalition, and founder of See Dick and Jane Get Divorced. What's the advice? I mean, we had some great articles talking about changing of traditions and things like that that come with it. Um, What can people do?
2: So I think the articles that we had sent out, and we can post them to the website as well, focused on two two parts of this right so the first part of parenting through the holidays is making sure that part of your divorce agreement is a really well written well thought out uh, executable parenting plan and the other part is um, how do you really do it after the divorce is done that especially that first year how do you implement what is on many levels new but on a lot of levels also familiar Uh, whatever tradition you had together as a family is either doing, is being done by part of the family or by both sides of the family at different times, which is equally awkward, or not at all, which gives a sense of loss. Yeah, so, I, had the,
0: I had the two Thanksgivings growing up. Did you? And it was crazy, yeah, it was, It was. you know, you go to one and you go to the
2: other and you ate a ton of food. Sounds delicious. It was, kind of, you know what, it is kinda
0: of cool though, because you did, like, people had their favorite things, so you really got, you know, everybody eats all day anyhow, but yeah, it's, it's crazy.
2: So about a decade ago, um, my mom's side of the family started Thanks Friday because there's a couple divorces in our family and instead of all of us running around on Thanksgiving going from house to house to house, we just moved that family to Thanks Friday and it's made things a lot easier. But that's just an example of one of the ways that families can accommodate growing families. Um, I know Colleen, you work in more high conflict cases, usually, not always, but usually. Um, What are your thoughts on parenting through the holidays? Uh, Well, I like what you said about um, uh, parenting agreements
3: during the divorce to be written very clearly. I always talk to my clients about having everything very black and white. And I'm sure, Cameron, you can chime in on this. But unless it's spelled out and times and dates and holidays are all very much, you know, very clear between the two families, it does get confusing. And the holidays are stressful anyways. So I think um, as long as those agreements are very clear, everything's written out and you know what year, kids are going where, things can, can actually flow pretty well even in a high conflict divorce.
1: Well, I, I certainly agree that a well-written agreement makes that, um, makes that process easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say start early um, because there is a fair amount of lead time required if there is no agreement reached and court intervention is required. Uh, and sure. if you don't give yourself enough time, you know, there really isn't enough time. You're, nothing's going to happen. Sure. There's, no, there's no, more, no more court days in the year where with the where with uh, judge is available.
0: You know, there – oh, I'm sorry, did I? No. There, there, were some, there was an interesting part in one of the articles that talked about like renegotiation and like – where people's heads are at during the divorce and saying, "Hey, you know, here's what we're doing." And then, you know, someone might get remarried. It changes the whole dynamic. Kids get older, and certain holidays are not as cool anymore.
2: Halloween. Like yeah. Halloween's a big one when kids are little. Both yeah. parents want to see them dressed up in costume. I, yeah.
0: Halloween's a big for grownups, you know, grown-ups too, you know
2: true okay, um, but the 11 year old in my household has no more interest in us this year right he wants to be with his friends I totally get it. He, we can't, he can't cover nearly as much real estate if there's adults <laughs> in tow as he can right, with his friends right, so right. Um, it's important when but there... then there's Halloween parties and stuff so correct obviously it's a very important holiday for, <laughs> for me Yeah,
0: it's a huge holiday I'm a but totally you know what that brings
2: enough. up that brings up that to some people or maybe to one person in a couple holiday uh, Halloween would be important Whereas the other person may not be like, eh, I don't really care about Halloween, but 4th of July is my jam. I want to do the fireworks. I want to do the barbecue with the kids. And that's where there may be some trade-off. I know a lot of parenting plans rotate, right? Like, And that can be hard on the kids versus finding more of that <coughs> consistent groove. Um, I tend to work more in mediations, less than high conflict. And so what I hear a lot is, you know, I just don't think we're going to fight about that. I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what you have to say to that, Cameron, as an <laughs> attorney working through those.
1: Well, I mean, people definitely fight about it. Um, I think that it's it's important to, because of the limited amount of time and because judges really don't like these motions, mm-hmm. um, that coming to an agreement, if it's possible, is is really the ideal outcome. Uh one way that I've seen in really heavily litigated cases where no one, they don't want to rotate Christmas. So we just split Christmas Eve and Christmas day. Mm-hmm. And that usually happens to kind of split break right in the middle. Oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nice even break and there's less contact between the parents and, uh, you know, and things seem to go smoothly. But I would say that people are, people are, all people are unique you know, right. and they have, uh, they do have, like you're pointing out uh, there's, you know, there's probably five different ways I can think of to divide up Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that's less true of Christmas. But, uh, but. I think
0: the big challenge would be ones where they're school holidays and you might travel. Right. So you can't do like the back to back days because. <clears throat> Someone might be like, hey, I want to do a trip every year or do something like that. Is that, but I, I run into the biggest problems with people who have
1: their, their family traditions mm-hmm. where we always go to so-and-so's house and, and maybe, maybe that family member at whose house they're going to every year is also paying for the divorce. So oh, I didn't think about there's, that. There's a lot of influence exerted by that family. Right. And that may drive an irrational, not shouldn't say irrational, but a, a fight that might not otherwise happen.
0: What about birthdays, like kids' birthdays, things like that? Obviously, are gonna you can't just say this holiday is important to somebody, so we're only gonna do it. You know, people will give that up
1: um, voluntarily, but typically, it's you know each parent gets gets a minimum amount of time with the child on their birthdays. The way I try to do it.
3: Yeah, one thing that I've seen, and sorry, Mariah, but um, is the best way to do that, especially in conflict type divorces, is to split. It, it's every other year. There's no like splitting the day. So the kid has to go back and forth. And I've just found that every other year is a lot easier on the kids. I don't know. Maybe not I can Cameron, that. but no,
2: I in can a high conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there have been some studies too that if there's going to be one holiday mm-hmm. where parents can come together and share that holiday, which happens in some, not in all, um, not maybe even in most, but if there is a holiday where the parents can come together, the kid's birthday is the one that kind of matters the most because it's their day. Um, but yeah, it's not always Well, that was part feasible. of the articles.
0: In mean, the articles were mm-hmm. talking about that being sort of a good component of everybody working together is doing some of those holidays together. I think one of the parts they talked about is someone had been really estranged for a long time and then they came back together and that was the, the catalyst for you a know, somewhat healthy healthy lifestyle.
2: The other level to that though that I hadn't even thought of was okay so mom and dad can get along for a day. Mom and dad are fine getting along for a day. Kids birthday party. What if grandma and grandpa who maybe paid for the divorce like you said aren't going to get along with anybody and are going to make that day mm-hmm. hell no matter what. Then you have to take other people's personalities into effect as well. Yeah. Because what you don't want to do is it's messy. ruin the day. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. It's really really messy. Uh,
3: and you know? usually the client's that I work with at least. And maybe I'm the cynical one of the bunch, but um, there's no sharing of holidays and there's no sharing of birthdays. You know, it just, it just doesn't work. So the every other year thing is just easier, you know,
2: which actually goes to another point that they raised was gifting. Um, No one in this room will be surprised by the fact that sometimes there's a power imbalance in a relationship when people are going through a divorce and the person who can spend more often does. And should there be some some spending limits? Should there be some communication about gifting so that one person isn't going out and you know spending thousands of dollars and the other person really can't afford that? And so finding that balance there as well, I think is possibly even trickier. Yeah, I think so. And, and I always tell my clients,
3: if you want to try to control your ex in a divorce, just think back to your history and how well did you control them? So you know, it, it doesn't work any differently when you're in a divorce. You can't control that person, so let it go. And as far as things like gifts, and you know, if the other side wants to overspend and they can, fine. But that's the way it's going to be. You can't really change other, that other person.
0: So aside from gifting, I think I was watching a movie the other day. It was like the Liam Neeson movie. It was uh, like Cold Pursuit, right? And there With was a special guy set of skills from his wife, and they were fighting over the dietary. This stuff for the kids how much can that be put into like an agreement for holidays right like you know cause people will fight over everything but they were like fighting over like can a kid eat gluten or any of this crap that he would eat but do people get down to that granularity yeah really um and unless there's
1: a, a medical reason for it like you know gluten intolerance um the parent who is in with the child at that time is in charge of their daily decision-making and what happens to them and what's fed to them on a daily basis. So uh, there isn't a lot that can be done unless there's a, you know, a a medical reason for it, which is very frustrating. I think for a, for a lot of people trying to stick to a healthy diet.
2: I think that comes up just as often with one parent's vegetarian wants to raise their children vegetarian or vegan or, um, and the other parent is. uh, Whoppers all day long. and uh, <laughs>
0: They send pictures of like, uh-huh. look at this bloody steak that the kids eat. Right.
3: So, uh, well, I think that, you know, comes down to a lot of things. You know, people want to write in the agreement and, and he cannot date anybody for six months, you know, and and I say, well... <laughs> Are you, you just can't control that other person, and there's bigger battles. I don't know, Cameron, you probably— Wait, the kid can't <laughs> date or the, or the The kids ex. can't. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's the other parent. Can't I was going to say, be. that yeah. would be really controlling. No, the other parent. Um, you know, they try to write in clauses that say, well, it, he cannot have another stranger in the house. Or,
1: usually it's in the context of having that stranger or that— Person they're dating around the kids is right. usually the, the how they how they attack that
3: yeah, but yeah and they want it written in the agreement and it's like you got bigger battles well if you
1: know? if that stranger I mean yes they do have bigger battles but but if that stranger happens to be doing something illegal for example right um, mom didn't do it but the stranger did got it um, and uh, but that may if there's a legitimate argument that that may endanger the kids now we have a reason to keep the boyfriend yeah. away from mom
0: how much can we've been talking about when people have the same holidays and they're fighting over it. Mm -hmm. A lot of interfaith couple these days, you know, the synagogue I belong to, I think it's like 60% interfaith. When people break up, sometimes they gravitate to become more religious. How much is there sometimes fighting over that to say, Hey, we're okay with sort of a secular component of it, but we don't want too much of a particular religion driven into it because of, you know, whatever reason that they might jibe with what they were, would not jibe with what they do. It, well,
1: I think if I understood your question correctly, when people fight about religion, kind of what happens?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> way to summarize Doug like way less than I words. know, I know, but, but I was thinking more like, like certain holidays, right? Like, like Easter versus, you know, something else and yeah. saying, hey, I don't like what that holiday's about. So I don't even mm-hmm. want them celebrating mm-hmm. it at all. It, religion's a
1: major issue. Um, it's part of decision making. So it's not something, it, it's not like daily decision making where what the child is eating is, it's it, it falls into the significant decision-making category. So that's something that they're either gonna have to agree on or a judge is gonna make the decision for them. And that's gonna probably revolve more around the child's history and what the child That's what I was gonna
0: to. ask, if, yeah. if, if there was, you know, a 10-year history of an interfaith marriage and the person had no problem with it, and now they're like, now that I'm divorced, you know, no Passover for you. Yeah, they're, <laughs> 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 they're
1: going to they're gonna look at it based on what's actually happened. Okay. Um, and whatever happened should more or less continue to happen. It doesn't mean that maybe whoever is advocating the religion, posi- to have the, the stricter religious position, might uh, might be amendable to the other party introducing a child to another faith. Okay. Just maybe as more of a philosophical conversation. Okay. You know, it, people do that. Um, it's in... Uh, that's that's often how it's resolved, an agreement to have the child exposed to multiple faiths and sure. leave it up to the child to some degree. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: that would be pretty cool. I get to do all the holidays. Yeah, I think, and a lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are people. Except for the fasting ones, those uh, those are not fun. As long yeah. as Halloween's in there. As long as Halloween is in there. You know, and I don't even eat candy. It's just I do, a big, I do a big display in front of the house. I scare the kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not my kids. I scare other people's kids. I love well, Halloween too. Yeah, that was good. I, had a, I had a werewolf
1: with a fog machine, a witch, and a bunch of ghosts, and had yeah, yeah, it's an alien, and, then, I, and, I, and I got a video camera, <laughs> and, and so it was fun to to videotape people's reactions to the to the werewolf. Right, but it was yeah. it
0: was so wet and cold and
1: snowy. Yep. I snowy. Know. I had several kids run away screaming.
2: Oh, well, Um, mission accomplished. 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 (laughs) One final note that one of these articles had to kind of sum this up, though, is while it's really important to have your plan to start it early, um, and I think even in amicable divorces, you can look at it as a tiebreaker, right? So if this is your schedule, you can choose to agree to deviate from it if you're in agreement. And if you say you're not going to share the birthdays, but you're like, you know what? We're getting along. okay, we are going to share this birthday. You can do that. But if you don't agree, you've got your tiebreaker already there. So you don't have to go back to litigation um, necessarily. But uh, the point that the article made, too, is once you've got your plan, make a plan for yourself. If you know that you're going to be without your three kids for a week over Christmas for the first time in your life, make a plan for yourself. Go visit some friends out of town. Plan to go on a vacation. (laughs) Find something to, to help yourself with that plan as well because it, the first year is hard. You've got to grieve. You've got to go through that process.
3: Yeah, I think it's it, the biggest point you made is that have everything very clear in writing. Those agreements are very, you know, black and white, but you can always deviate from them. You, you can agree as a couple to do things that are different. But like you said, if there's any kind of conflict, you've got it all there in writing and there's less to litigate in the future
0: this is but twins would be good that way you could like each take one
3: or that's super or healthy have twins. for the kids yeah yes. or just
0: have twins <laughs> i'm
2: very pragmatic <laughs> in my solutions
1: yeah there's no question a well-written uh well-written agreement will sure. save a lot of money down the road in terms of litigation expenses
0: it's interesting it's an interesting topic especially with the holidays coming um You know, people, I think, thinking about it in the right way. And what's very interesting to me, kind of wrapping this up, is always, it should be about the kids. You know, holidays seem to always gravitate back to the kids, and uh, and I think that's got to be everyone's consideration. Definitely. Split Ready is brought to you by See Dick and Jane Get Divorced. The premier divorce organization kit, and we're going to talk about this. Divorce is messy. See Dick and Jane Get Divorced can help keep you organized for the divorce process. If you want to know more, because we have you here, if they want to know more about C. Dick and Jane Get Divorced, where can they find the information?
2: At cdickandjanegetdivorced.com. Easy. Very yeah. clever. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.